0: origin late 17th century, as an adverb in the sense of elsewhere, from Latin elsewhere. The noun use dates to the late 18th century. Elsewhere is where I live and where I travel. Through the gloom and between the moments, I visit places, people, and occasionally things. I listen to their dreams, their desires. And I keep their secrets. And yes, sometimes I am their excuse. Welcome. I am Babiol, and this is the Alibi Tent. The Alibi Tent is brought to you by Nixie's Night Market. Your online source for custom and one-of-a-kind t-shirts mugs, throws, socks, and home decor items for lovers of new and classic horror, as well as witchy and creepy items for your spooky season needs. Today is Frigg's Day, October 23rd. Moon is in first quarter in Capricorn. Frigg's Day is good for intentions focusing on love, sex, beauty, prosperity, business, And creativity. First quarter moon is a waxing moon and suited for intentions concerning invocation, attraction, and bringing things to you. Capricorn moon contributes energy for learning, structure, stability, abundance, and winning. The patron demon is Earl Ipos, who is helpful in divination and intentions to boost confidence. This podcast is going to be a little different than the others. Usually, I add historical info, both mundane and occult, in order to give context to the retelling of my clients' readings and my personal experiences. But for this one, and possibly the rest of my spooky season podcasts, I'm going to be a little more freewheeling. I'm not saying that this will be the format from now on, just that I'm feeling the wheel turn, and the energy is pulling me in this direction. And I know from experience that when that happens, I need to make time and room to follow the supernatural compass. This story I'm going to share with you tonight is about a relative of mine, one of my uncles. We will call him Uncle Buddy, because that is what I call him, but it isn't his real name. Uncle Bud is considerably older than his sister, my mother, because of two facts. My grandfather was very fond of women, and his fondness would lead to the creation of a child. There were many years between my grandfather's marriage to Uncle Buddy's mom and my grandmother, but many of the children from Grandpa's union stayed in touch despite the age gaps. Another sad fact is that Uncle Bud's mother died of tuberculosis when he was a small boy, He says he has only a few memories of his mother, and most of them are during the time when she was sick. But the ones that he does have are very clear. Growing up, he had his father, but besides several aunts, he didn't have a mother figure. Being the oldest son, he was expected to do a large part of the work to run the farm. Since his father worked outside of the home, Uncle Bud was, in essence, the man of the house. This work involved extremely early morning start times that didn't end until late in the evening. As a result, Uncle Bud quit school very early to be able to work. Uncle Bud may not be able to read, but he is a regimental man, and part of his workflow was taking alone time to orally plan his projects. He usually sat at the high side of the back porch legs hung off the edge as he looked out over the whichever fields or buildings he would be working on, and recite to himself the order of operations, tools needed, and the process he would use to complete each job. One morning in early summer, after completing his planning time, he jumped to the ground off the edge of the porch and headed around the woodhouse toward the barn at the back of the northern field. As he turned the western corner of the woodhouse, he was stopped in his tracks. At its north end, and directly in his path, stood a being. It was tall, the size of a fully grown man, and had the silhouette of a man. Head, shoulders, arms, legs, and feet but it had no distinguishing features, such as hair, eyes, nose, or mouth. It didn't even have clothes. Its appearance was that of a dimensional silhouette, but instead of being black in color, the being appeared to be made of millions of red veins. Uncle Bud stood there for a few seconds, trying to make sure he was seeing what he was seeing. The being made no move toward him. It made no movement at all. It just stood, shoulders square, blocking his path. Uncle Bud said that it wasn't that he wasn't scared. He didn't know what it was, or what its intention was, so he had no idea how to react. So when it continued to be there, He shifted his gaze to the ground and tried to calmly turn and walk away. He said when he got back to the front of the woodhouse, he considered his options. He could make a run for the house, but if the thing didn't give chase, how would he explain himself to his stepmother and his siblings inside? He could go back around the corner and confront the thing, He surreptitiously looked in the woodhouse to see if there were any good-sized long pieces of firewood he could use as a weapon. No such luck. Or he could just wait a few moments, go back around the corner, and try again. And that is what he did. He said just before he stepped around the corner for the second time, he told himself, if the being was still there, that he was going to have to swallow his pride and run to the house if for no other reason than to get his father's gun or some kind of weapon. This decided, he told himself to walk with a determined but natural step because he didn't know why, but he said he got the feeling that the key to success was to project a strong presence when facing that being. So he tried to shake off his nerves, steeled himself, and stepped around the corner. There was nothing there. He said its disappearance gave him no relief, but instead sent a new kind of fear through him. Where had it gone? About 25 feet to his left was the creek, which was about 12 feet wide, with a 5 foot high bank. Once across it, you were in the lower part of the northern field. It being early summer, the grass was not high, so he had a clear view all the way to the forest line. There was nothing to be seen he rushed to the northern end of the woodhouse to get an unobstructed view of the entire northern field. Nothing. Worried, and by this time running on adrenaline, he searched around and under the woodhouse and coal houses, the chicken coop, and various other outbuildings that might have provided a hiding place for the being. But even before he had ended his search, he knew it was gone it had left just as suddenly as it had appeared. From where it came and to where it went, he said he had no ideas. But after the adrenaline burned off, he was just left scratching his head. Then one of his siblings called to him from the back porch, asking him what he was doing. He fibbed and said he thought he saw something near the chicken coop, then turned and headed toward his original destination, As he walked, he chided himself on being a scaredy-cat and getting caught by his sibling, and for wasting time searching for something that wasn't there. Then a rush of memory of the appearance of the being, and he again became nervous. He kept walking, but scanned the fields and hillsides, and upon seeing nothing, he said he pushed it out of his mind and forced himself to focus on his projects for the day. Now, this wasn't the only time Uncle Bud would be visited by the blood Vein man, but I'll save those stories for a later time. So, until the next episode, take care of you and yours, and enjoy spooky season. Somewhere between the mundane and the mysterious, the privileged and the primitive, the divine and the damned, is the alibi tent.